0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24 7 Podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me, continuing our position group preview series with the edge rooms. Previously, we looked at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line defensive line i also have written previews over at the michiganinsider.com michigan.247sports.com be sure to check all that out that's that's where we can really dig in depth you know these podcasts are are fun but just the general construct of of you know a a podcast we can't necessarily get into all the nitty-gritty stats and everything like that but regardless this format will stay the same as previous episodes we'll look at a strength of the room the biggest question mark in our eyes If, if there is a position battle kind of what we're looking at in that position battle Steve will give his x-factor player to watch I'll give my stat that I'm looking at and then we'll close with our bold predictions for the room so Steve with this edge room the strength I wrote down is I think this room has a lot of upside and and what I mean by that is I think all four of the rotation edge players Braden McGregor Derek Moore Jalen Harrell and Josiah Stewart I don't know maybe I'm crazy maybe this will someone will throw this in my face in a couple of years i think all four of them can be top 100 nfl draft picks i don't know that all four will but i do think all four can so uh, to me i i really like the upside of this of this group i think at the field edge which you know think rashawn gary aiden hutchinson mike morris those kind of players you know the bigger edge guys i suppose um brayden mcgregor former blue chip recruit really started to come on strong last year and was actually better against the run than I think he got credit for. I think a lot of people think of him as, you know, Aiden Hutchinson light. I love, I love our message board calling him public school Aiden Hutchinson. I think that is, it, it, you know, it, I think it's just a hilarious comparison, but I think it's also kind of true. I mean, they're the same size, you know, they both have mean streaks. They both grew up gigantic Michigan fans. I, I know Braden's from the, the Port Huron area. So I I think, you know, he had such a long injury recovery. Was it MCL, UCL, PCL, his senior year that he tore? So in a way, I know he's technically a fourth-year player. I think this is almost the equivalent of like year two or year three for him. So I'm pretty sold on him. I think he checks a lot of the NFL measurables. I don't know his 40 time or shuttle time or, or things like that, but I think Michigan believes he has NFL athleticism. I know NFL scouts are starting to – they're going to be watching him closely this year because I think they see a lot of that potential in those last few games Michigan had last season. Derek Moore, I know I've said on this podcast, Michigan thinks he can be a first-round draft pick. They think he can be a top-10 NFL draft pick when it's all said and done. Very fascinating to see what he looks like this year. I know last year he was, what, 6'3", 279. And now he's 6'3", 256. Uh, former top 100 recruit. I know he was someone, uh, I think he was committed to Oklahoma, right? And I think when Michigan started to have that success, make the playoff, the Wolverines immediately went after Derek Moore. I know I mentioned in the last episode, Mason Graham had the most sacks by a true freshman since Craig Rowe. Derek Moore was second. He had two. I mean, I know that sounds like a small number, but that just speaks to how hard it is to be an effective pass rusher as a true freshman. He's already kind of got some of that down. And then Jalen Harrell started 12 games last season. He's been effective against the run for a long time. And then I think you saw against Ohio State a little bit of that coverage ability. I know he talked about how you know the the coverage play on Cade on Stover, uh, monumental play. And that was just instincts for him. That wasn't even his assigned role necessarily for that play. I mean, it was a read, but at the same time, you know, I think he showed that. And then the next week against Purdue, he had two sacks. So fascinated by him. Josiah Stewart, Coastal Carolina transfer. I mean, 16 sacks, 81 quarterback pressures, four forced fumbles in his first two seasons with the uh, Chanticleers. I know it's not the same as big time competition, but we've talked about him, same size as Josh Uche. And the way, when you watch him play, the bend that he has, the pad level that he can get to, you know, he's, it, it will be an adjustment process for him just because he is going to be smaller than. Normal Big Ten edge guys, you know, he's going to be outsized sometimes against offensive linemen or tight ends in Big Ten play. But at the same time, I think, same. I I just think back to the Josh Uche comparison is just what jumps out to me. Same size, same traits in terms of as a pass rusher. And if he can have comparable production, well, Josh Uche was a top 100 pick. So to me, biggest strength of the room, this top four, I think all four have top 100 NFL draft upside Steve, what's the biggest strength you see in this edge room?
0: I feel like it is another spot where there's a very diverse skill set at the top of the unit, right? You Talk about Brayden McGregor's, you know, kind of coming, the light kind of turning on for him late last year. I mean, what, did he almost had two pick sixes against Ohio State? I know he had at least one where he, he really was close to picking it off. But but a guy, yeah, all these guys pretty much played their best football at the end of last season, I mean, even uh, what Jalen Harrell had two sacks in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, Josiah Stewart. I'm glad I. I think I'm glad I made the Josh. U- when I made the Josh Uche comparison, I, I was almost immediately re- regretted it because I couldn't remember if Uche was six one or if he was a little bit taller than that. You know, maybe it was a little off, but it wasn't. It's it's spot on. I think there's a real opportunity there. And then Derek Moore. Yeah, I mean. He's the guy I've been picking. I've been picking him as my breakout since the spring. That was before I knew he was down twenty plus pounds. Uh, I feel even better about that pick now because of that. So Moore and McGregor maybe relatively similar, but then you add Stewart and you add uh, Harold in there. They're just a very diverse mix of skill sets there. That again could give opposing offensive lines problems. We talk about feeding off of what the interior interior will offer. You know, I feel like these guys are going to definitely have opportunities to get to the quarterback. So a lot of toys for Jesse Minter to kind of mess with, you know and 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 try some different things to see what 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 they can come up with because there are there's just a lot of different types of guys in that room that that you know, can attack the quarterback in some different ways,
1: yeah, and I think one thing to note because because the edge room did lose. I mean, they lose Mike Morris, who was big ten. Defensive lineman of the year, I believe. And then I know Yabioki was second in sacks. I think Taylor Upshaw had was up there. He had multiple sacks each of the past two seasons. But in the final three games for Michigan last season, that's yes, Ohio State, Purdue, TCU, it was actually Jalen Harrell, Braden McGregor, Derek Moore who were one, two, three in snaps. So that tells me that these guys were going to be the three guys moving forward, no matter who left or or anything like that. So, yeah, a lot of upside, a lot of capabilities. I think the biggest question mark, I don't have this. I did write this over a week ago. I feel like it, it's been a little answered just in the, the intel we've been able to receive from fall camp. But I, I am curious still. It's not a question mark. And in, in, sometimes our question marks are like the weaknesses or the concerns this is not one of those. This is just more of a curiosity. But I am curious about what kind of impact Josiah Stewart will make. I mean, he was, a, he was the number four edge in the transfer portal. And I think, again, his production at Coastal Carolina, in 25 games, he had 79 tackles, 16 sacks, four forced fumbles, 81 quarterback pressures. I mean, he's, he was extremely effective. But I also think, and, and this is true in the Big Ten. It's also been true at other Power Five programs. Sometimes it doesn't always translate. There is that that learning curve between Group of Five or or so-called lower competition to playing against you know the bigger offensive line with bigger tight ends. Sometimes players will have great stats against in the non-conference play, and then they just won't be able to convey that into. Uh, the rest of the season. So I'm not skeptical. I I do think he's going to be effective, but there's a big difference between he's a great rotation option when Jalen Harrell needs a break. And then there's, Oh, he's actually the next Josh Uche and He's going to lead the team in sacks. I feel like that's, those are two different potential outcomes. So fascinated by him, not, not skeptical, but I, I am just curious because there will be that size difference, but I don't know all the players, seem to be really enamored with him and then the fall camp press conferences it, it does seem like he's he's making that that acclamation process and and I will say in the spring game he did not look out of place he really didn't I mean the way he was you know towing that line of scrimmage the way he was getting to the quarterback felt pretty comfortable with him I think one thing I am also curious about is you know what what is his role in rushing downs is he someone that's like truly rotating with With Jalen Harrell or is it more he's kind of one of the pass rushing guys where you bring in on third and eight but then in a in a rushing situation he's he's not on the field so more of a curiosity than like a a big question mark I'm circling in red but that's my biggest question mark for this room Steve what's what's a question you have about this edge room heading into the 2023
0: season uh not so much a question mark from a negative standpoint per se. Uh, I am, again, we talked a little bit about it with Chris Jenkins in the defensive line episode. Interested to see if Jalen Harrell steps up or develops as a pass rusher this season because he is an elite run stopper at his position. And uh, you know, we talk about Jenkins as a guy who's probably going to be a first round pick next season. No idea what Harrell's draft prospects are. But if he can rush the passer and develop, you know, develop that part of his game, then he's a guy that could easily find himself on some draft boards next season. So, you know, fascinated to see kind of his development because he's always been a guy. He's a guy that the the staff has to just love him because he's been very reliable. He's played a ton in huge situations. Another guy I feel like who's just continually gotten better. And that kind of feels like the sort of the final piece of the puzzle. I mean, yeah, you mentioned the coverage thing, uh, you know, the pass rush ability kind of seems like a, yeah, like a final piece of the puzzle for a player like him uh, to become a potential difference maker uh, that Michigan can throw out there in, in any situation. Right. So, so he's kind of the guy. He'll probably be my guy. I'm keeping an eye on also. uh. Just for that simple fact, you know, we the production from the unit, like raw production isn't there yet, because a lot of the again, we've kind of said that for years now, because they are constantly replacing like a first round pick at the at least one at the edge spots every year. So you're getting guys that are playing that haven't played a ton or don't have the production. But you expect production from McGregor from more. I think Stewart and situational, like we talk about, but Harold's the guy I think that can really make make a bigger impact. Uh, you know, with just he's got a ton of experience, and I think he has the ability to to be a better pass rusher. So fascinated to see kind of what he becomes this season.
1: Yeah, he's he's fascinating because I think there were games last season where it was unquestionably on his pass rushing. I mean, I think against Colorado State, he had he had eight quarterback pressures. You know, against Purdue, he had three pressures and two sacks. Um, I think Maryland was another game where he was getting to the quarterback a lot. But against Ohio State, no pressures. Uh, against TCU, one pressure. Against Penn State and Michigan State, one pressure. So I think there is that – That I, th- I don't think the skill isn't there. I think the it's just the consistency and then being able to do it against draft-caliber offensive linemen. Because, you know, if Michigan wants to meet its goals this season, it's going to be playing a lot of really good offensive lines beginning, what, November 1st or whatever, you know, in November, December, and January. I think if Michigan wants to meet its goals, it's got to have pass rush in some of those big games. And and Harrell is someone that they're going to be looking to to provide that. He played over four – he led the edge room in snaps last season. You know, Mike Morris was injured, but at the – Same time. This is someone who started 12 games last year. So they're counting on him to lead this group, not just be a complimentary piece. All right, we're going to hit a quick break on the other side. We'll talk about X factors, stats to watch, and make bold predictions for this room. You're listening to the Wolverine 24 7 podcast. So, Steve, technically both of these positions are up for grabs. The boundary edge, which is kind of the Sam, the Uche, right? The the Ajabo, the Josiah Stewart, the Jalen Harrell, and then the field bo- field edge, which is between McGregor and Moore. I don't have a lot to say about the position battle uh, necessarily, just because it feels like they're going to rotate no matter what. It feels like whoever's the hot hand. Is going to play maybe a little bit more snaps week in, week out. But who is a player either among that group or or I guess off the grid that you've got circled as a potential X factor for this room this season where we don't we – ha- we might have ideas about what they can be this season, but the potential to play an even bigger role is undoubtedly there.
0: Probably TJ Guy. Feels like he's the next in line, right? Uh, I think Keyshawn Bennett is still – Gradually ascending. I mean, we talked last year's total. Deshaun
1: year away Bennett, you mean? Yeah. Uh
0: that was last year, so would have been this year. <laughs> I know. But I know. <laughs> right, but yeah, no, okay. It's not like I've been saying that. They, for they three years. No,
1: well, see, here's one thing about the younger edge, because I've already gotten questions about it. Right, I think Michigan is right well, my Go thought ahead. is like yeah, I sorry. think they 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 anticipate they're gonna lose two at least two edge guys after this season. Right. I think McGregor has pretty much said he's viewing this as his last year. And Jalen Harrell, also a senior, also being this his last year. So they okay. they can afford, like they don't, they're not asking guys, like, come play 20 snaps this game. Like they they can afford to kind of develop them at their own speed, own pace. At the same time, TJ Guy is someone I think the coaches have circled as kind of that that next guy trying to crack that rotation a little bit.
0: Right. Yeah. So he's ahead of Bennett. You know, we talk about you know, Eda is listed as an edge, but is a defensive lineman. Uh, I don't anticipate either of the other true freshmen and, and Brian Ishmael and, and Kumba, the, the Frenchman, making an impact this season. So it really comes down to TJ Guy, Keyshawn Bennett, Tyler McLaurin, and then walk-ons, right? And I don't know, mate, have, I don't. You've done the pressers. I haven't heard Tyler McLaurin's name yet.
1: I have not. It's it, right. but T, TJ Guy's the the one getting. The, the most, so I, and I, I did yeah. know
0: that, yeah. So it really comes down to which of those three guys sort of steps up, and it it does. It feels like TJ Guy is is probably head and shoulders above. Nah, maybe I won't if I say head head and shoulders. <laughs> let's just let's just say head above uh, the other two guys right now. But yeah, if you're in that position, you know, because again, yeah, Keyshawn Bennett's only. A, I you ever you go to MGo Blue, I just always disregard like the year that they say, because it says he's a junior makes it seem like, I mean, he is a third year guy, but he's only a redshirt sophomore. I mean, he redshirted and, and yeah, if you're, if you're in that position, redshirt sophomore, and you're still not playing a ton, if there's a program that you need to buy into, as far as like being patient, it's probably Michigan at edge, you know, every year we're doing this where, you know, two or three new guys step in because they just had two or three guys that got drafted in the first three rounds. You know, it's like, fans be patient with these guys. Not that fans are being impatient with any of these guys in particular, let's say per se, but uh, you know, there are going to be guys that each year, like in that situation, I think who will step up. So fascinating to hear McGregor uh, that, you know, this will be his last year. I mean, he's, he's still got to do it on the field. You know what I mean? Uh, I think he will. But... Okay.
1: In his defense. Okay. I think yeah, he was, I was
0: curious. Th- that comment was curious. I Maybe kind of curious. So
1: I think, I think he's doing the, what's, what's the phrase sometimes to make it on the Island, you got to burn the boats. Right. Sure. And that's sure. the, the whole, like I need to treat this like my last year. So I have that senior urgency. So I have that breakout. I don't think sure. he, he hasn't declared and obviously no, he yeah, gets yeah. hurt or whatever. Right. But I know when he did an interview in the off season, he talked about how, you know, this is his senior year. He wants to leave a legacy. You know, he's got to do it now. And then it was very, it was in a more funny way in the press conference last week, he was asked about, uh, uh, Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA being added to the big 10. He's like, to be honest, I don't, I don't think I'll be around for that. And I was, it's like, it's next year, man. Like it's not like yeah. impossible. Right. But, no, um... <laughs> yeah.
0: But I, that's, I guess that's the right way to,
1: I think it's the right mentality yeah. because one, you know, he's going to get his degree this year, but then two, yeah, you're trying to give this all you've got. You got to treat it like your senior year. I mean, that, that, you know, so much gets said about those senior year, The senior urgency, the senior surge. Yeah, I think in his mind, he would like to be in the NFL this time next year. And I I don't blame him. I think we all would, really. Uh, So I think, I don't know that he didn't declare. He's not like scoffing at the idea of a fifth year. I think that was more like his form of motivation for this season.
0: All right. All right. Just making sure. I was like, uh, you know, very well. Again, I expect it from him because he did. He's another guy that you could really see. You can tell. I mean that injury his knee injury is like forever ago, but you he he's all the way back, obviously. So yeah. Edge is always a fun position though. Just it comes down to those three guys. TJ guy's gotta have the edge right now.
1: Yeah, and and if he can add in, I you know, I think that that just I mean, more depth is more depth, right? So it's and and I also do think, you know, that allows them to be mix and match a little bit more, be more versatile. Yeah, the X Factor player to me was McGregor, by the way. I think just his his ceiling. I think I'm always intrigued when a player is as outspoken as as Braden McGregor is about their Michigan legacy. And for some people, maybe they roll their eyes, but like I always think of like Aiden Hutchinson when I think about that. You know, he was someone that that grew up wanting a Michigan legacy. Obviously he wants to play in the NFL too, but I think there was always that part of him that was like, you know, because of his dad, because of, you know, how he was raised, you know, he was like, I want to do, do that with Michigan. And and McGregor I think is wired very similarly. You know, he's got stories about getting in shoving matches on the playgrounds because, you know, the kids at his school rooted for Michigan state or whatever. And like, it's like, that's, you know, those are, those are obviously play, players that become fan favorites for Michigan, but I think there is something to that where I think there is that extra motivation, extra determination, you know, he does for him, winning Big Ten titles is is the dream, but I think there is also that, like, I, you know, he's basically said, I want to be the one remembered for helping lead and win those Big Ten title seasons. So I think there's, he's got that extra oomph. So stats to watch at Edge, I don't, a lot of these stats, Steve, you can attest, they, they've they been kind of like the, in the advanced stats or the um, more analytical stats. You know, this one, pretty simple. I mean, the, the Edge room, they're asked to go get the quarterback and whether they do or do not is a big difference maker in how Michigan's defense performs historically, but also I think this particular defense last year. So, so in 2021, they were elite. The edge room was elite at getting sacks. They had 29 and 14 games. A lot of those were Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, of course, Uh, last fall, the room was deeper and I think they did all right in terms of like uh, getting to the quarterback pressures, but only, uh, 21 sacks from the edge room compared to 29 the year prior. And then 13 and a half of those sacks are gone. They're either on another team right now or they're in the NFL. So I think, you know, that's, that's the next step. You watch Braden McGregor's film. You watch Derek Morris tape. You watch Jalen Harrell's tape outside of the Purdue game. There were a lot of quote unquote, almost sacks. I think this year, if this, if this defense is going to be successful, the edge room has to turn some of those almost into actual sacks i i think that the opportunities there i mean i just gushed about their upside for however many minutes at the, at the beginning of this episode but i think to me that's the stat that's going to differentiate you know pressures are great run stops are great tackles are great quarterback hurries are great at michigan if you want to have be a good defense your, your edge guys need to get to the quarterback and bring them down that's the differentiator from good to great and from great to elite so to me, that's that's the key stat. All right, Steve. Final prediction. Final segment for this episode. Bold predictions. This one was a little bit of a shot in the dark for me. I, I you know, I, I believe it. It's not. I didn't just come up with it. I did write it down. But I'm with you. I'm on the Derek Moore hype train. I think he leads Michigan and sacks this year. I think he really does. Yeah, I think. I think the weight plays a role, but I also just think like he's got that athleticism. That that maneuverability where he can carry all that weight, all that strength. So he's not getting bodied by an offensive tackle. You know, he's, he's making real good assertive contact, but then he can still get his feet going and outrun the quarterback too. I I think he's going to lead Michigan and sacks this season. It's, it's admittedly a little bit of a shot in the dark, just because there's so many candidates who could lead the team in sacks this season. I'm going with Derek Moore to lead Michigan and sacks. That's my bold prediction for this room. What's your bold prediction for this room?
0: So I've been picking Derek Moore as my breakout player, but I think I think Josiah Stewart's gonna do it. I think Michigan I think Michigan's interior, again, and I, I hate to keep repeating, but the push and pull we always talk about, I just think Michigan's interior is going to be enough of a force to give a guy like him a lot of opportunities, maybe early in the season on like third down, but I think Stewart eventually finds maybe a role a little bit bigger than that. We've seen guys from small schools at the edge spot in particular transfer to bigger schools and find uh success early on I think he will be that I think he could be that guy or will should be that guy for Michigan this season but I do I mean it'll be I think it'll be either him or more but again I mean you know could be Brayden McGregor too there's a little more of a room for possibility of like a of it being a different guy than there had been in years past let's say so I'll will t- say Josiah Stewart. I just like his skill set. I just think he brings it. I think these these transfers that come in have a huge chip on their shoulder, and he's going to get ample opportunity as well. Like I said, so I'll go with Josiah Stewart ending up as somewhat of a what did how did we compare it like a the the transfer? There's like a spectrum of transfer. He's going to be more like a one of their top transfers than he was like a like a Wayne Lyons or something like that. So so yeah, I'll go with Josiah Stewart.
1: Okay. But I would, I would imagine Olu, Olu with is probably the gold standard for transfer. So yeah, I guess he is at this point, who's, isn't he? Yeah, no. <laughs> Who's, who's kind of like a medium. <laughs> like a Mike Dana? Yeah. Like, would be well, a medium,
0: right? I mean.
1: Yeah. So somewhere between Dana, Mike Dana and, and
0: Olu. Olu. Sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah, All I right. I can see that. That's fair. And Mike yeah, Dana I, got drafted and he's still in the league. So, I mean, right. like, you know, there's, a, that's a good, Yeah, myth. I wasn't trying to, no, no, that's no, that the but... first, I was the one that said his name. I was the one that thought of it, but yeah, no, it's uh, you know, like a, again,
1: I mean, Josiah. Better... he was someone, Michigan was interested in him, even though he ended up at coastal Carolina, whatever, Michigan did host him for visits. Is that my yeah, correct? So, so Michigan
0: yeah. was one of the, I want to say they were one of the first schools to offer him. So, and and I ended up, yeah, he signed. With, he went to Coastal Carolina. Uh, Michigan was still only one of the only Power Fives that offered him. And uh, I'd have to go back and look, and don't get mad at me if I'm wrong here, but I I'm pretty sure that Michigan may have at least inquired there late. I, I'm going off strictly off of memory here, but for some, and I don't know if it was a serious inquiry or not, but either way, a player that they were definitely familiar with before he entered the portal. Right. I don't think it was a, the, not a new name necessarily. And now, granted,
1: before he blew up at Coastal Carolina, because I think the knock on him was his height. I well, would assume I don't at even least know, from a power I, five I, level.
0: I, right. I, and I, again, cause he's, what was he like a 2019 or 2020? Uh, um, not even a hundred percent sure he was being recruited as an edge by everybody either. Uh so you know that's another area. But either way, a, f- a interesting story as far as yeah, player that Michigan, you know, he was one of those guys that it, he was a Don Brown offer too. Uh gotta be clear about that. When Michigan was really starting to hit the eastern seaboard like really, really hard, uh, with Don Brown in there, you know, and they hit on a lot of those guys and so it's kind of come full circle for Stewart because they were in Michigan. He might have even been a satellite camp offer, if I remember correctly. Um, I'd, again, I'd have to go back and look. But like, like I said, no surprises for Michigan there as far as, you know, definitely somebody they at least they at least saw some flashes in high school to be interested in him. So to see him produce, they're probably, you know, I, I don't think it's any surprise that he was an immediate pursuit in the portal when he entered, right? I mean, almost kind of like they they probably looking back saying, okay, we were right on this guy now we can actually get him you know so let's go get him
1: yeah i i'm vi- he's very fascinated by him i mean he's one of the bigger x factors on the team because i think you know we can all say we, we think he's going to do this think he's going to do that but he could be anything for michigan this year including the the team's leader in sacks as, as you're predicting all right that's going to do it for this episode be sure to check out the other episodes wherever you found this podcast and we'll we'll have the rest of the defensive ones up in the coming days in the meantime you can go read all of our stories over at the michiganinsider.com michigan.247sports.com lots of fall camp discussion over there insider intel we've got analytical previews like overall big picture season preview stuff and then updates from fall camp as well for steve lorenz i'm zach shaw this has been the wolverine 24 7 podcast we'll see you next time